When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, and a very good morning, everyone. Hales, I feel for you. Why? All the way to Perth. You've been morning, on the Paddy. road for an entire week. Yeah, at least it's the weekend today. Yeah, and some little surfer boy robs you. Mm. Yeah, he's not that little <laughs> either. Uh, but he came out, he claimed he was quite nervous and nailless Cooper Connolly. That's good. Have you seen that photo of him and AJ Ty 10 years ago? No. Nah. There's a photo, I think, on Twitter of AJ. It must have been one of the early years of Big Bash. Yeah. AJ's in his... Uh, Perth Scorchers outfit and a little nine-year-old Cooper Connolly in a <laughs> cricket everything kit. He had a Cricket Australia cap on. He had another type of cricket shirt on and, and he must have been at a clinic or a fan day of some description, mm. maybe a Scorchers day. And uh, now he's uh, winning a game for for uh, AJ Ty. Not just a game, it was a, a massive final, wasn't it? Yeah, well, we're talking about the VBL final that attracted a record 53,886 fans and over a million TV viewers they've revealed this morning as well, I'm seeing Heels. Mm, that's in Australia. Yeah, and Cooper Connolly, who was playing only his fourth VBL match, unbeaten 25 off 11 balls. Uh, the accountant, who definitely is not going to uh, work today, he said... Uh, and was looking for free beer around Perth for the <laughs> for the rest of the week. Who? Cooper Connolly. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an only, accountant. Yeah, he's only nineteen. Yeah, and Buddy, he's an accountant. A, a budding accountant. Oh, God. And a surf rat as well. So they chased down one hundred and seventy six. That was the target. With three balls left, um, Cooper spent most of his season running drinks for the team. Ashton Turner started as he does most times. Fifty three or thirty two. They're yeah. talking about him, you know, getting into national consideration. Oh, definitely, he's in. Yeah. But we scored, uh, they needed 38 off 18 balls. And, uh, you know, we looked to be a real big chance. And mm, the was, first uh, six of those balls were pretty good. Mm. They took 18 out of them. Then they needed this 20 off 12. And he still came good. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was a great final. Great final. Um, and there was some great stuff when we batted, when we bowled. And then there was some not so great stuff. So. Uh, the Heat sort of fluffed a couple of their lines uh, at times and and we got nailed. Mm. Everywhere. And then the, the big challenge was to get through Inglis and get past um, Ashton Turner and now we'll, we'll be right. We've got the new boys now, Connolly and Hobson. Oh, we're home. <laughs> oh, no, we're not. Yeah, well, they got Turner out, came Connolly, and uh, this is the young man talking about when he had to replace the skipper at the crease. Yeah, I'll say now. I was very nervous walking past him. He's the he's the finisher. He's well known for it. So, walk past him. I was like, oh, I'm a little bit nervous here. But I guess I walked out there and the first thing I said to Hobo, I said, let's do this. Let's get it done. This is our opportunity to show show the world what we're made of. And happen happened enough that we did it. Mm. That's that's what the short form of the game uh, does for you. It helps you. Yeah. It, it basically told him what he had to do with the bat. He didn't have to make any decisions. I got to do this or we lose. Mm. And Blow me down, he could do it. <laughs> it's not easy what he did. Oh, it's incredibly difficult. There was, a, you know, amazing power yep. hitting some long high balls off deliveries that were pretty good.
25 off 11. Hey, Jack has just left us a little note of the weekend. Have a listen to this. So we had the Big Bash final with you over there following the team all around Australia. We had the Ironman finals. It was an unbelievable finish <laughs> uh, for Matty Bevilacqua, who we had on the show last week. We had the, the Bathurst 12-hour. We've got the Aussie team in India. There's dramas about that. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, the Dolphins started their you know, history-making journey with a trial up in uh, Gladstone. Liam Wilson, Vedicum robbed. Uh, you've got the NRL All-Star Game withdrawals. You've got the uh, Jack White and Luttrell stoush. Um, and the NRL chopping the grand final to uh, whoever takes over power in New South Wales. So it, it's just a, a crazy, crazy weekend. But... I suppose on, uh, if, we, if we're in that cricket vein, there's an, another drama now with Hazelwood. He's talking about maybe missing the first test. So mm. here's Josh Hazelwood, one of our key quicks. Not sure about the first test. Um, it's still a few days away, but it's sneaking up pretty quickly. So um, the second one's obviously straight after as well. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll play it by ear over the next week. Yeah, dangerous injury, eh? Mm. So who comes in? They're talking Boland will be the man to come Are in. They? G- given that Stark is not right and Green is, it will likely take his place in bat but probably not bowl. So Why would they bat him over a batsman? Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. So Hazelwood also spoke on whether it'll be young Morris or Boland. Scotty's bowled plenty at the MCG when it was a flat wicket. You know, it probably didn't even swing or reverse swing so he knows how to work hard for a long period of time um got lance morris who's worked really hard on reverse swing the last well, probably month i reckon um and a, and a nice lead in here with a few sessions so um yeah i think the guys are, are excited first of all to play a test in in the subcontinent they both haven't yet so um that's first of all and then i think they're they're very well qualified to do so what do you think hills do you go for Steady and you know, tested. Although Bowling will be asked to play his first overseas test, and it's going to come at some stage, I suppose. Who, who else we got? Just Pat Cummins. Yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah. One as a fast bowler. Yeah. So Pat Cummins and this bloke, and then who? Who the, else we got? The tear away Morris. No, well, Boland. We got, let's say. Well, Stark and Hazelwood gone. Yeah, they're the gone, test. right? Yeah. And I would say second test for an Achilles. So, so. Yeah, so first test, we've just got Cummins. Yeah, at this stage. So, he, he's still fit as far we as we might, know. We might play two spinners mm. or we might not, which means we need Boland and Morris, don't we? We might do, yeah. So I'd, if if it's just two of it, two quicks, I'm playing Boland. If three quicks, I'm playing Morris. I'll get Morris in then probably. Yeah. I don't think we win in India if by being conservative. But I think Cummins and Morris together only is maybe not enough. Mm. What do you reckon? Well, I'd love to see Morris have a crack to tell you the truth. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's, <coughs> that's unfair on Boland in, in saying that. I yeah, mean, but Boland's that's okay. Don't worry wrong. about unfair, mate. We've only won one test since 2004. Yeah. So, so we've got to do something different. But is it good enough? That, that's what they don't know. Mm. It, you know, it, it probably should be. A lot of airspeed and... Not so sure about his endurance. He he doesn't bounce back sometimes in third spells. Yeah. So they have to be convinced about that. Well, here's the coach talking about our first preparation, Andrew McDonald. Mate, obviously once you get the FTP and it comes out, you work out what your preparation will look like. And, you know, we're fully committed to these four days. Um, it's been well documented that we, we haven't um, asked for a practice game. Um, we feel as though the conditions that we've been given 
um, here in Bangalore have been outstanding and, and uh, a wide range of conditions um, that we feel as though we'll best prepare our batters, um, bowlers um, and everyone for the task at hand. So for, for me, it's really just allowing the individual to prepare um, in their own space. And, and yep. So what's tickled your fancy over the weekend? There's been lots and lots on. 13.13.55 is the Brighton Homes Open Line. Of course, Brighton now is locking in your price until 2024, Hills giving you the confidence to build your dream home today. Or you can jump on the uh, the text line, 0467 736 736. Yeah, I tell you what, we are light on on that Australian side, mm-hmm. aren't we? Very light on. We've got well, one quick and then a, an unknown quick. Then we've got Lyon and Swepson. That's it. Well, they're talking Agar. And not Swepson. Mm-hmm. No, that's right. that's that's the chatter that I'm I'm reading. Okay, well that makes us even lighter on. Yeah, but I mean, how often do you get a position where you know you've got Stark, and now Hazelwood, and probably Green can't bowl. So there's three of your your regular first eleven, unavailable yeah. to bowl. Yeah, they're talking about India having two big outs. They've got Boomer out and Pant. Yeah. We keep her out, but we've got bigger ones than that for for once. So is this the start of a transition? It, you know, the door really opens for a bloke like Spencer Johnson. They got to, We've got to get a red ball in his hand real quick, mm-hmm. maybe as, as soon as this week for South Australia and fire him up because he's he can come right into contention oh, very so he, quickly. So he is going back to South Australia, is he? Yeah, he's on contract okay. with South Australia uh, for this year, for have, the rest of this season. Haven't you been working on it? Haven't you heard oh, the entire Heat team massaging him? And well, he's coming, over, look at coming over for here. dinner tonight. Is that working on him? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. But he's still here today. He's packing up his room at the Johnson. He's even got a hotel room named after him. And uh, and then he'll be going back to South Australia. So, uh, yeah, he's had a good time and he's been great. Sadly, I missed the game on Saturday night, but I was doing my my little bit for charity. Yeah. I uh, I, I fill in for Mark Barretto. You know how he runs that Tour de Cure or is yes. a driving force behind that where they raised millions for cancer research. Uh, in Brisbane, they have a dinner called the Soiree for a Cure, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to be involved MC-wise for that. We raised well over 200000 on uh, on Saturday night at the Hilton, so it was great. So I, I was checking on the score on my phone. and You'll I be thought, able to get it on a mini. Yeah, yeah. mind you, you've you got time to watch it all, mate. It's worth watching the whole thing again. Don't yeah. worry on KO. You, oh. You'll be able to stream that on your TV or on your computer monitor now. And of course now that you've turned your computer monitor on, I've got, well, I've got the IT expert coming over well, this ha- morning. Have it's him explain to you that that's a good call. Just streaming this streaming, mate. Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> Get it on my TV or this monitor. Uh-huh. You sit there and watch that game for just go one innings at a time. Okay. Yeah. And of course, the other big news from league. Well, as I said, well, I was at the Dolphins launch as well mm-hmm. Friday night. So it's been a, a busy night. The, the super coach spoke well. He introduced his top thirty and. It was a big crowd there at the Tivoli, 600 people at the Tivoli. Uh, they both played trial matches. The The Dolphins were up, you know, with only a couple of their top 30 involved up in uh, in Gladstone. Big, big crowd up there against mm-hmm. the Capras. The Bronx were down at Wynnum, a good crowd there as well. And then they had their fan day with thousands yesterday. And uh, one of the one of the stars down at Wynnum was, was Tristan Saylor. And it was great to see him back, his dad, uh, son of a garden, obviously. And there's one spot left in the Bronx 30. And he'd love to get hold of it. So this was Tristan Saylor after they beat Wynnum the other night. Yeah, awesome. I think as a team, our start to that game was awesome. Um, I guess we dropped off a bit towards the middle, but for after such a long pre-season, I felt like the group gelled really well together and we sort of started the way we wanted to and then we can 
I guess, work the errors and stuff out in later trials. Mm. He sounds a lot more modest than uh, when Wendell arrived at the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with me, fellas. I'll lead us, I'll lead us around. I had a lot to do with Wendell in the yeah. early days. Yeah, there was a bit of sass there. There always was. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't say this. Um, I say it unashamedly, actually, because I helped put young Tristan through school. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I used to play golf with his father uh, quite often, and Wendell just <laughs> knocked up taking money off me. So I'm, I'm sort of claiming that I helped. You shouldn't the- lose to Wendell. <laughs> he doesn't strike me as a golfer at all. But he, he did he wear his flat cap then? Yeah, he had the flat cap. Yeah. But I was subject to a you know quite a deal of verbal abuse on the golf course, as far as I'm concerned. And susceptible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, crumble. Yeah, I've got the heart the size of a crushed 100,000. I really have. It's, it's awful. Uh, the other big news, and Vanessa just walked into the studio, and she's been talking about this all morning on the news, uh, Latrell Mitchell and Jack White. And so I don't know what to make of this. So they're the best of mates. They've travelled on kangaroo tours. They've played Origins together. Uh, he was out there. Latrell was out in Canberra celebrating Jack's 30th. Was supp- Latrell and his partner were supposed to be staying at Jack White's place that night. They've... Uh, they've literally had a kick and a punch, to use the vernacular, um, you know, wrestling, and uh, the police became involved. The quite harrowing scenes that I saw on Seven News last night with uh, about three or four uh, police surrounding Latrell. Apparently, he allegedly had tried to resist, and he's he's screaming out, you know, my shoulders, my shoulders. Uh, anyway, the, they both spent the night, or the, what was left of the night, this was happened at about 3.45, I think. They spent the night in the lock-up. Integrity unit is investigating. Not sure what their role is in the all-star match is going to be now. Uh, but they've been naughty little boys, the, the two of them. They're doing what, uh, what, what young men occasionally do when they've had too much to drink, you would have to think. And we'll They're see how young. it comes out. They're not young men. No, you're talking 30 to 20 and 25 or something. They are yeah. young dills. Yeah. Yeah, what, you're right. What are they thinking? They're two of the highest profile footballers in the country, and they're big boys. So when they do wrestle, you know, they're making a scene. They do it in the team room, mm. not and, in the streets. Uh, our news ace is sitting here shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I mean, they know better, don't they? Mm. Just, no, they mustn't. I know, but we just roll our eyes and go, yeah. here mm. we go again. Well, it, it's interesting, Vanessa. Kevy spoke on this yesterday. I don't know whether it was related, whether the question related to what had happened with Luttrell and Whiten, but Kevy spoke on the professional standards, particularly for his younger players. Just our overall professionalism uh, as a unit, you know, the guys are great when they're, when they're here, training, uh, video sessions, you know, recovery here is really good. Uh, it's what they do when they're not here, which we've got to get better at. We've spoken about that's not always easy when you're, you know, 18, 19, 20 years of age and being a professional sports person, it's there are lots of sort of hills to climb as such. So, well, they've had their own dramas with TC Rabadi in, mm. in the off season. They've had a couple of off season um, hiccups. Um, not that TC Rabadi is a hiccup; he's facing serious allegations. Mm. Um, but yeah, the the behaviour is a drama, isn't it? How come most of us who just rock up to the office, work normal jobs, we manage to stay out of punch ups outside nightclubs? Mm. Yep. <laughs> you know. And and oh, to, we, we can't excuse it. Oh, back, oh, back. If you're having a wrestle outside a nightclub, Vanessa, yeah, the police will be able to settle you down. Yeah, they'll be able to say, "Come on, come on, Vanessa, break it up, break it up, get off the ground." Exactly. You're not going to get cuffed. No. Right? So no. these folks were out of control. No. That's 
It's incredible. Mm. Kevy's talking about 18, 19, 20, wasn't he? Yeah. Still going at 30? Yeah. yeah. Cuzzy says, read Latrell and Jack, rule number one, nothing good happens on town after 3.30. Yeah. Nothing good happens after midnight, <laughs> exactly. apparently, Cuzzy. <laughs> and we need to get to the traffic. Shell VPR Racing, Dick Johnson Racing, DJR have just revealed their new livery for the Gen 3 Ford Mustang GT Supercar. And who better to talk about it than the man who drives the 17 car, the iconic 17 car, Will Davison. Good morning, Will. Morning, Pat. How are you? I'm very well, mate. So what does it look like? How excited <laughs> are you? <laughs> it uh, it looks looks stunning. You know, it's a uh, delivery-wise, you know, we know it's, a, it's an iconic Shell V-Power livery. You know, there's certainly been some small... Sweet little changes to the livery, uh, but in terms of the car itself, it's it's hugely different visually. Um, and there's not one part on the car, even underneath, that's carried over from last year with the regulation changes this year. Um, biggest change in 30 years in the category. It's it's absolutely massive. It's been a big undertaking, um, but the car, you know, instantly you see it and it goes, wow, that's different. It, it really does resemble. The road car, what you can buy on the showroom. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got a huge challenge ahead of us in these next few weeks to, to get our heads around the car before we go racing. Righto. Well, it sounds like you think the industry needed it, these changes, to go back a touch and uh, have more drivability. Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting, um, certainly, I won't say argument, but it's been one of those things, you know, with, with moving forwards in the category, you know, uh, it's obviously all about entertainment. It's all about, um, you know, making the, the racing close, giving every team the same opportunity. So all the parts on the car are very much controlled now. So, um, you know, it's about, you know, obviously what resembles what people can buy and drive every day as well. So it's, it's always a balancing act in the category with, the evolution of technology, um, but trying to, you know, keep everything controlled for all the teams. So, um, you know, it's finally gone to a production-based engine now. So it's effectively, the, the race engine is based on the Coyote Mustang engine you buy in the, in the road car as well. So, you know, we've been using that old five-litre pushrod V8 engine for so long and such amazing engines. So as a purist, I do miss a lot of what we're going away from. The cars we had last year were so refined we had so much individual IP in those cars that we designed in-house. And yep. We've lost all that now. It's all standardised. Um, but it's cool. It's, it's, you know, it's the future and it's a big challenge. And I think from a, a racing point of view, it's going to be so close and the racing's going to be uh, you know, really, really full, full on this year. Yeah. Hey, there's no one better than you to put it in sort of layman's terms, but... Explain the changes to the downforce and the aerodynamic packages. What, what does it mean for a, a driver and, and what we're going to see at home and on our TV screens? Yeah, well, straight, straight away you see the, you know, the, 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 the cars look much more simplistic. So there's a little rear wing on the back instead of the huge sort of rear wings that we've formed on the cars. And same as all the front splitter. You know, we used to have a huge front under tray, uh, which gave us a lot of downforce. Um, that sort of very much gone now they've pulled about 60 percent of the the sort of downforce off the cars so they've done that to try and enable us to follow closely because we used to get to within about half a second or a second of the car in front and you'd get turbulent air uh, so you'd lose a lot of front downforce which would overheat your front tires so in theory that meant that the racing would sometimes become a bit processional if you like because the cars are so close but no one could get close enough to try and overtake so 
we're hoping that with you know the aerodynamic efficiency gone um you know it won't have any of that aero wash we called it and you know we'll be able to see more more overtaking so that's the theory <laughs> the cars do have less grip no doubt about it as soon as you drive them you can feel they're sliding around a lot more they're moving a lot more um the cars are lighter as well uh the engine's got a little bit less power but it, it's quite torquey the engine and um with the you know power to weight ratio effectively um you know they're, they're wild the power comes on quite aggressive it's hard to control the wheel spin and um, I think we're going to see the tyres wear out really quickly in the races, which, you know, which will create a whole new new element to the races. And of course, you blokes will probably slow down a touch, will you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's the old bulls and the young bulls. You know, so we can probably go flat out at the start of the race, and you might look like a hero for a few laps, but you could well pay the price for it at the end. So, hmm. um, you know, as always, you know, professionals, we will we'll, you'll find the best way around it, but. Um, it's going to be a bit more of a managing, juggling act, I think, in the races this year. I'm not going to put you in the old bulls category yet, but you are making your 500th supercars appearance when the, the season starts in Newcastle, March 10. Mate, that, that'd be a milestone you'd have to be really proud with because proud of because this is a it's a doggy dog world supercar racing, isn't it? <laughs> But Pat, yeah, th- thanks. Oh, listen, I'll um, I- I'll thanks for making me sound even younger. But I did actually, I did my 500th last year already. But, oh. uh, I'm happy to sort of, I'm happy to sort of um, keep that as low as possible. But uh, no, no, it was, it was, it was a proud, yeah, certainly a proud achievement. Um, I don't really think about it too much. It's gone so fast. Like I still building up for this season like it's my first. You know, I have that same exuberance and want to do well. So I'm still, still in the moment, but. <laughs> a bit scary that I'm one of the elder guys in the series now, but feeling good, like still, you know, uh, feeling as young and, you know, as um, enthusiastic as ever. So um, keen to be part of these new changes. Um, I don't know where time's gone, but yeah. uh, it's been a hell of a ride so <laughs> far. So let's I, see if we can get some more good times. I thought you might think that, you know, because it's such a grind and so constant, this this uh, series, all year long. And and you've you've had 20 yeah. year, 22 years just fly by. Oh, it is. It's it's crazy. It's uh, honestly is. But um, yeah, it's, well, you know, when you, it's a it's a sport that you know is is so full on every year, and you you ride the highs and lows. And for sure, I've been through a bit of everything. But uh, yeah, being back in an amazing team like Shelby Power Racing, back with with Dick and the team, where I started my career, it was really rejuvenating. Rejuvenating, and the expectations are high. The pressure's high, but. That's cool. You wouldn't want it any any other way. So I uh, feel like I'm getting the most out of myself at this stage of my career, and I'm really appreciative to have, you know, have this opportunity. I really cherish every moment. And yeah, give I've, it all I've got. I've cherished reading a little bit about you and the whole family, mate. Like you know, I know Dad, and you haven't even had time to get into the car wash yet. I bet. Um, but <laughs> but <laughs> what about your granddad? Your granddad and grandmum. You know, she was one of the first female drivers in Australia. Uncles, cousins, everything—it's—it's it's in the blood. It is, yeah. I grew up, you know, racing family, and uh, you know, we, we shared an incredible passion. So, obviously, my grandfather Lex Davis, and I've, I never met Lex, but he won the Australian Grand Prix on four occasions, and uh, seven children. Then, you know, he passed away racing, and then my my step grandfather was Tony Gaze, who was Australia's first Formula One driver. So. Um, my dad, a few of my uncles raced, and obviously my brother Alex and I, my cousin James, races in America. So it's a yeah, pretty cool story. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's a passion. We're never pushed into it. 
just one of those things, you know, it's, it's all I ever wanted to do. It's all I ever dreamed of. And, you know, when you love something so much, it's, it's easy to work hard at it. You know, if I looked mm. at a young Will now and you knew what was ahead of you to be a professional driver, you'd, you know, it'd be a bit intimidating and scary. But when you're young, you just, you ride that wave and, um, and do whatever you got to do to get where you want to get. So it's, it's been a crazy journey, but it's still going. So, <laughs> yeah, we're just focusing on the now at the moment. Hey, just quickly, I mean, will we see a, a season like Shane Van Gisbergen had last year of dominance, or do you think these new cars are going to level the, the playing field? Oh, it, it's definitely going to level the playing field. Um, and there's no excuses for anyone now. I mean, everyone has got the same parts. Uh, yeah. There is no technical advantage you can get. So at the end of the day, cream rises to the top. And, you know, it comes down to the best people, drivers, best structured race team, organisation as, as general. And now, you know, it's, you know, last year was no different. At the end of the day, the, the best the best teams rise to the top. So, um, but it definitely gives more people that opportunity to step up. And, um, yeah, it could be unpredictable. We saw 10 years ago when there was a regulation change um, with the old cars. It, you know, there was about eight or nine different winners in 2013 that year. Yeah. So um, I think we'll see something similar this year. There could be any team that could come out the gates hot. They could get their heads around the new cars and the regulations quicker. And uh, we're all going to be have to be on our toes, absolutely. So mm. it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to embrace that and and see if we can uh, come out the box hotter than anyone else. And finally, mate, the most important question, will a fat ageing sports yep, commentator yep. fit into the new Mustang? <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure. We'll, we'll make sure <laughs> we, can, uh, we can get you in there. We're not who we're talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> I've, sp- I've spoken to Dickie. I've spoken to Ryan. It's like, him. <laughs> yeah, not me. I tell you, the, the, roof, the roof is much lower. You'll look at it and go... You know, for the previous Mustang, they had to sort of stretch the car a bit to, to fit the controlled chassis that we used to have. So the Mustang was a little bit morphed, but now it's the exact dimensions of the road car for the Camaro and the Mustang. So super low roof, super small windscreen. So even, you know, me getting in the car, there's not much room. Uh, oh. Once you're in, you're fine, Paddy. It's just it's just sort of folding yourself <laughs> in like a pocket knife. But and out. once you're in, it's, it's beautiful. He's oh. going to have to go to a lot of drive-throughs. <laughs> oh, I hope my I hope my wife's not listening to this interview. All right, mate. Thank you. Congratulations on the reveal this morning. Can't wait for March 10. It seems like it's come up so quickly, and we'll have a look at these brand new Gen 3 cars. It's going to be fantastic. Thanks, Will. Appreciate it. Great to chat, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Just about the busiest girl in the world at the moment, but we've tracked her down, the winner of the Nutrigrain series for a second time, Georgia Miller. The Hall of Famer is on the line. Heels, good morning, Georgia. Congratulations. Good morning. I'm so sorry for the delay. I had a bit of a sleep in this morning. Ah, <laughs> that's, that's Well, that's now. Well, someone as fit as you, are you allowed to go out and have a little champagne or something last night? Oh, look, we had some celebrations back at BMD Northcliffe last night, but I was actually in at home in bed by about 8.30. We actually have to race again on Friday and Saturday this week. So, uh, yeah, couldn't be out partying, but once those two races are done this weekend, it'll be some celebrations to come, that's for sure. Is that the Aussies, Georgia, next week? No, no. actually, we have the Shore & Partners, Shannon Exine, Summer of Surf, Doubleheader at BMD Northcliffe, so Righto. home beach, 
going to be huge. It's going oh, to be very t- exciting. We've only been chatting for a minute, but your sponsors are already very happy. You've got, you've got them all in so far. <laughs> it's called professionalism, Patty. <laughs> Hey, listen, we, we, we heard some audio from you yesterday, uh, probably chatting to Candace, I, I think. And, uh, you know, we know a, a lot about your career. You're a Triple Crown winner winning the Cooley Gold and the Neutral Grand, the Oz title in a season and all that sort of stuff and Hall of Fame. But it, it just seems to me that the thing that you're most proud of is your involvement with the Nippers. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, at the end of the day, I'm just a big nipper running around here, right? So... Uh, yeah, it is very special. Like we run the BMD Northcliffe Nippers now. They were all down there cheering. We had a best poster competition. And obviously, the girl won who had the big Georgie Miller sign. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was very, very special. And yeah, I love being able to hopefully inspire that future generation and they can see that pathway to what it can become. Mm. Let's go back to the series. And how was your form? How would you rate it? And how did it feel over the whole six rounds? Well, look, I'd have to say it was probably my most consistent uh, Nutri-Grain Ironwoman series. It was uh, incredible to win four out of the six rounds. I've never gone close to doing that. So that was very cool. And now back when I won my first title in the 2018-19 season, I actually hadn't led the whole series up until I won it in the dying moment of the the event. So uh, it was very nice to be able to sort of be in front the whole way and uh, it was different, but it was very cool. And, um, yeah, my form was just, it was there. It was it was very, very cool to, to have things go right as well. Um, sometimes they don't go right in the surf, that's for sure. Yeah. So Sunday was, look, relatively stress-free. It wasn't for Matt Bevilacqua, was it? it? How dramatic was that men's finish yesterday? Oh, my gosh. It was absolutely <laughs> insane. It was so great to watch. That sprint finish was just huge. And it was the first time that the boys had actually gone first on the last round of the series. We actually finished off the series. So we all got to watch and cheer. We were all getting ready. And the the girls' tent was just going crazy. And it was so great to see him finish it off like that. He he really deserves it. He trained so, so, so hard. And, um, yeah, he was very, very excited, that's for sure. <laughs> Were you, like the commentators, which you wouldn't, wouldn't have been hearing, uh, confident once they came out level pegging that his beach uh, speed would get him there? I actually had no idea who was going to win that. Ben Carberry is such a phenomenal athlete as well. He's quite a lot bigger and stronger, so I thought he might have the legs up the beach, but Bevy is just so experienced and knows what to do, so... I just had no idea, and it was obviously came down to that sort of last get off on the ski, and uh, Bevy just absolutely nailed it. So I'm so happy for him. It was an awesome day for BMD Northwood yesterday with yeah. both of us taking out the titles. And the boys, of course, have lived a little bit in the shadow of Ali Day, haven't they? We know Ali unfortunately had that virus and had to miss the whole weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It's so tough for Al. He's had a really up and down sort of series so far. He had the toe injury. And then he clawed his way back and had a win. And then for this to happen, I actually had no idea he was sick. And I swim with him as well at Bond Swimming and had no idea. So, yeah, it's, it's devastating for him. But, I mean, Bevy and Ben had to take that opportunity when it when it arrived. And, uh, 
yeah, it just it was it's very unfortunate for Ali, but I, we all know he'll be back bigger and better. Oh, I hope so. That'll be so good. Uh, how did the Karawa uh, conditions suit everyone? Uh, we spoke to Matt uh, late last week, and he's that you're expecting low tides, which means longer runs. Yeah, the running legs were huge. Uh, the tide really sucked out, and um, yeah, the run legs were probably the longest leg of the whole okay. Iron Woman um, <laughs> event. So, yeah, look, it was very tough on the legs, uh, but it seemed to suit me, uh, which was great. I wasn't sure if it was going to suit me, but I think you just have to, yeah, grit your teeth and um, get those run legs done and then get into what we're more comfortable in in the water. So uh, it was very tricky out there, though. We had some wind yesterday and a big shore break on uh, on Saturday. So, it could have been anyone's race if you just had been hit by one of those waves. Mm. Yeah, hey, it was fantastic to watch, and uh, it's just—I don't know—I lo- I love it. I love watching the Iron Men and the Iron Women do their stuff, and it was—it was great. And uh, as I said, it was a little bit stress-free for you yesterday because uh, the series that you'd put together was so dominant. Uh, congratulations! Thank you for getting out of bed for us this morning. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. And, yeah, I'll make sure I'm up next time. Right. <laughs> right. Thanks, You're Georgia. entitled to a sleep in. We Big don't effort. begrudge you that. Thank you. Thanks, Georgia. Thanks. Georgia Miller is the new Nutri-Grain Iron Woman champion, the second time, a, a Hall of Famer. She's done so much. But I guess uh, I'm thinking that she'd be really proud of this one because yes. she was dominant. They don't let on, but she sounds injury-free. Mm. So you must wake up thinking, mm, how's my shoulders? How's my sides? How's my groins? Yeah, they're copying it from all <laughs> angles, aren't they? <laughs> Now on Breakfast with Pat and Heels, Heels gets his gloves off. Yeah, they were two of the best sports for the qualities of sport, you know, surfing and uh, surf lifesaving. So it certainly adds to what I what I felt this weekend. The value and the qualities of sport hit me fully again this weekend, Paddy. The on-field theatre of the Big Bash final, it had everything. It had panic, it had great class, it had mag- magic moments, and it also had some, you know, dramatic uh, trauma moments where catches were dropped and overs were bowled expensively when it wasn't needed. Uh, Both teams uh, had felt the pressure right the way through. So great theatre. When a teenager comes to the crease with plenty to do, a little bit nervous, and he gets it done. You know, when the opposition, the Brisbane Heat thought, oh, we're right now, we're through to these young blokes. And, uh, you know, they got the done. He just let the Brisbane Heat fans down uh, in an incredible burst of power, hitting 25 from 11. And Hobson, who's not so young but so inexperienced, he was 18 off seven right when they needed exactly that. I love the words of Chris Fagan, who who uh, told us in an interview uh, throughout the year, the last football season, you have to win close games sometimes three games, three times. Uh, well, I, I think it was Perth. It was the Perth Scorchers who won the third one and we stayed on two for the night and uh, they got over the line right at the end. They had a fantastic week of festivities, the Perth people. They had a full week of lead-up and promotion. Uh, Brisbane, what did we do? We raced around the country qualifying with a day to spare um, and that final was at the fourth game in a week that Brisbane had to play and just couldn't quite get there. Uh, they fluffed a couple of big moments, uh, but that's all right. Um, the Orange Army, I reckon the Orange Army was just ready for us and uh, it was an amazing crowd to be part of. Then there was Saturday morning at the airport on the way to Perth was my first sighting of the Dolphins, as, as I said before, on the way to Gladstone. They were very polite and extremely excited. Uh, so that was good to see on my return flight yesterday with the Townsville Fire, the WNBL basketball uh, team. 
they're, they're athletes of all heights and sizes, all having a great time, and they've just finished nine days of touring, and they currently sit at the top or maybe second position on the WNBL, so that was good. Then I finished with two younger sporting squads. I, I don't even know what sport they were, but one of them yelled out, Hells! You know, and so they were heading somewhere about to create an unforgettable lifetime memory, which these carnivals always throw up. You, you just never forget them. And the camaraderie and the mateship, uh, even with your opponents, uh, can last for a whole lifetime. They were fairly lively and excited too. So sports have got to be extremely careful not to underfund the early levels of their sport because uh, survival is very, very important. And uh, it's very tempting to pile a lot of money into the top levels of your sport. Um, but without the bottom, you won't be feeding those top levels. So I wondered if our listeners have got any favourite sports tours memories of one you played or one you travelled in. So, so send a few in. Send a few in your favourite sports tournament that you played in maybe. Um, within your region, within your state, within the country, did you ever go on an international one? 13, 13, 55. Queensland is your place to race this year. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week right across the sunny state. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. That uh, is the cue to welcome Chris Nelson. Uh, mate, good morning. Plenty of good stories out of Saturday. Uh, probably none better. Well, maybe there's a, a tie here, but mm. Tony Gollan with his treble and, and, and Ryan Maloney, vaccine, Comrade Rosa. But the big talk from the, the day was the $1.35 winning as a $1.35 should King Kappa. Yeah, he was very impressive. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning, Heels. You know, yeah, he's he's been a real find, hasn't he? He's won uh, he's won four races uh, this preparation. He's just uh, he's just bulletproof. This horse, he just jumps. He sits on the speed or outside the speed, and he can really let down. And uh, his last two wins on the clock have been very very good. So they'll give him a bit of a break and, and set him for something uh, during the winter carnival. So. Yeah, obviously tougher, tougher grade when we get to that time of the year. But the way he's going, he looks well up to it. How were conditions for the racing? Conditions. Was it hot again? No, it was actually, yeah, it was funny, Heels. We all know how hot it was on Friday, mm. Friday night. Mm. Friday night at the Sunshine Coast would have been uh, basically unbearable, oh. just oppressive. Uh, but then Saturday, I mean, I didn't go outside until lunchtime on Saturday. And it, it did seem a lot better. It, uh, the humidity seemed to disappear. Mm. Not disappear, but dissipate. That's probably a better word. Yeah. It wasn't as half as bad as it was the previous day. So, uh, yeah, not too bad at Eagle Farm. The track played unbelievably well again. It's just uh, it's just flying, that track. I wish we could race there, as I keep saying, every Saturday. But we know we're going to get a perfect surface each week, and the times are now quite good, and, and the cushion on the track is excellent. So no complaints from anybody there. And, guys, just on King Kappa and, and Golan and Maloney, I know uh, they combined for a, a treble there on Saturday, but I was just doing some stats before on uh, Maloney and Gollan as a combination. 21 rides in January, seven winners, eight place getters, including the Magic Millions two-year-old. Six rides so far, uh, so far this month for four winners. Mm. Of course, another one at the, at the Sunny Coast yesterday. So if you haven't got time to do the form, you don't need to. Just follow that combination. <laughs> Gollan and Maloney, <laughs> there we go. They take yep. the easy way out. Hey, nice yep. story as well around uh, a young trainer, Jeff Dunn, who, uh, who was working away on the Outback Spectacular and decided to give training yeah. a go. Yeah, he had uh, an interesting job there in the, the Outback Spectacular. He was a, a bloke 
called Brad, who was a cocky bloke and a bit of a ladies' man. <laughs> Sounds like a few people around the SEN studio in Queensland. <laughs> no names mentioned. But no, his, uh, no his partner is uh, Ricky Jamison. Ricky Jamison rode that horse uh, on, uh, on Saturday, Glass of Rose. It's got to be Glass of Rose. There's no little tick above the E, so it's not Rosé. Would I be right? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Glass of rose. I mean, I would have thought glass of rose. Hey, look, uh, the only thing I can say, well, I wish Jeff the very, very best. Uh, the start of my all up uh, in Brisbane was Bedorb, which <laughs> which was caught by glass of rose or glass of rose. However you want to say it, <laughs> right well, on the line. I don't line. like to blow my don't like to blow my own trumpet, Paddy. But I did tip glass of rose. Mm-hmm. On the track side on uh, Saturday for the listeners, so well hopefully done. someone had five dollars each way. And what's his great challenge? I, I read a little, a line or two of that article. That you know, finding owners for horses that yeah. he's training. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's not a well-known trainer, so it's hard to get owners. He's just sort of getting cast-offs. But look, the more winners he trains, and that's certainly going to help him getting that winner on Saturday. More people will know who he is. They'll read the article in the paper yesterday. Seems like a really nice guy, uh, and I'm sure that's. Uh, that's going to help. We might have to get him on SEN track or one yeah. of the Friday shows and find out all about him. We might do that this week. Yeah. See, the obvious ones are, Hills, you know, when you look at the top trainers, you've got the locals, as in the, the Gollans and the Heathcotes and the Munsters, et cetera. Yeah. And then you've yeah. got Waller and Nisham and Lees, all with satellite stables up here now. So there's, there's a lot of competition for owners. Uh, so it is, yeah, look, a young bloke like Jeff Dunn, it's, it's a good yarn. I just would have preferred Glass of Rose to beat someone else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Not talking through your pocket at all. <laughs> and Jimmy Orman, 100 winners yeah. for the season. And he's, he's beaten J-Mac to the, uh, to the, the number. Really? He has. Uh, he's beaten J-Mac to 100. Now, that's 100 winners uh, in the, all of Australia. Every jockey riding in Australia, he's the only one that's cracked a ton so far. So good on Jimmy. Uh, he's riding very, very well. He's, uh, him and Ryan Maloney and, and Ben Thompson are certainly flying along at the moment. That's from the 1st of July. Is that when it goes from? Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. No, it's the 1st of uh, September. Yeah. August. The end of August. August, sorry. The... August. Yeah, yeah, the end of August is the end of, the the end of it. So, the, yeah, it's from the 1st of September. So he's flying. Hey, uh, what's coming up this week, mate? Uh, we have a big week this week, guys. Uh, Warwick tomorrow, which was the uh, postponed meeting from last week. Eagle Farm on Wednesday, Ipswich on Thursday, Rocky on Friday. Saturday, we race at Doombin, Aquas Park Gold Coast on the Poly Track. Back to Toowoomba again Saturday night and Townsville during the day. And we finish it off with the Sunshine Coast on Sunday afternoon. Plenty to get my attention. I tell you what did get my attention. We're just, uh, we've got to head to a break, but yes. uh, J-Mac, Godolphin, I was lucky enough to interview James Cummins at that Northcliffe Surf Club luncheon, which is the famous one early in the year. And I just asked him as he left stage, I said, What's your, you know, what should we be following from Godolphin? He just turned around, grabbed the microphone, said two words, aft cabin. I couldn't hear it. Yes. Yeah, well, you were there, see? I oh, know, there's too much noise down L- there. Listen when Paddy's on I know, stage. And when and Cummins is <laughs> on stage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Just before we go, Chris, yeah. um, do you want to uh, yes. let Patton Heels know about your secret admirer in Toowoomba? Who's that? Remember on Friday afternoon, there's a lady who watches you every week from Toowoomba, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Apparently there is uh, someone, but uh, I don't know who she is. But, yeah, we were told that by one of our advertising guys that I don't know if she watches or listens. If she watches, then I don't think she'd be much of an admirer. Maybe <laughs> if she listens, she might be more of an admirer. But, Cohen, if we're going to get into that, mate, how many how many of these are we going to have from Pat Welch? <laughs> oh, oh God, mate, the list just keeps going and going and going. So, uh, stay clear. Have a look at the time. It's flying. We've got to get to a break. It's 6.51. Thanks,